This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was space, and our guest was Anne Marinin. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. It is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 175. We made it, Bill. We made it. We made it to the goal that we set for ourselves at the end of episode 174. Oh, Do right. another one. Do another one. Do another one. I was wondering <laughs> what goal you were referring to. Um, Adam, in episode 173, yes. we, uh, we talked about how little we know about Star Wars. Yeah, we discussed the Star Wars saga, which is something that we have limited knowledge of. Right. Limited is an overstatement. I think that's an overstatement. I don't know about Luke Skywalker. I barely know about him. Right. Yeah. And that is sci-fi. Yes. That is sci-fi. That's science fiction. Right. Yes. And that is has a distinct difference between what we will be talking about today. That's exactly right. Today we wanted to, and we've tried many times over, to discuss science. Yes. However, we don't know science. We don't know things. Period. Mainly. We struggle yeah. with knowing things. Yes. Facts about things. We don't, we're, not, we're loose with facts. We can pretend to have opinions, but honestly, we don't even stand behind those opinions Very, very malleable. You might call us wishy-washy. We're wishy and we're washy. Okay, we're wishy-washy. Yeah. So we said, we have to go on hiatus for a few weeks. Yeah. Maybe we can try our hardest yes. to bring in a fact-based person. Yes. A smarter person than us. Yes. Which is most, almost everybody. We are so privileged to have a guest in studio today who is easily the most qualified guest right. we've ever had. Sure. On anything, sure. really. Okay. Um, we are joined by uh, Dr. Ann Marinin, who works at the Jet Propulsion Lab, a.k.a. JPL, yeah. which is part of NASA. Right. Um, and... We are so thrilled. Thank you for being here, Anne. Welcome, Anne. Welcome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so, Anne, uh, I don't even know where to start because sometimes I can fake like a conversation where it's like, well, here's what I know about today's topic. We would like to, just on a very loose, broad scale, talk about space, specifically outer space and the goings-on that happened there. Yeah. So and maybe you can just tell us like in the cursory, in a cursory way of like what it is that you do at JPL and like how, what, what kind of things that you work on and how that actually goes. Yeah, so JP yeah. yeah, at JPL, I primarily work on small spacecraft. Great. Small. So, and when I say small, I'm talking like the size of a, a shoebox. Wow. No. Wow. Like, <laughs> we're shooting shoeboxes into outer <laughs> we space? We are shooting hundreds of shoeboxes into outer space. Stop it. Stop <laughs> well, it. Yeah, they're, they're already <laughs> blowing. I had no idea. <laughs> well, yeah, so there, there are companies that shoot hundreds of, of these small satellites into space. NASA's yeah. done fewer. Yeah. But not the, so... The kinds of satellites I work on are called CubeSats. Got it. And they're called CubeSats because they're based on a cube form factor. Cool. So, yeah, it's a 10, a 10 by 10 by 10 centimeter cube, but you can kind of think of that as like a Lego building block. You can cool. make all sorts of configurations cool. of that cube as long as it's still kind of mostly a rectangle. It can fit inside a box and launch. Jesus. And so, Wait. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I should just – okay. Launch. Please go, keep going. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the way these specific size of satellites started is when – so when you launch anything into space, yeah. you want to oversize the rocket to whatever you're launching so you know that it gets there. Which, Got you it. Know, when, that makes sense. What do you mean oversize? So you actually – you put kind of – there's a maximum size of satellite that you can launch to a certain orbit. Huh. And based on the capability of the rocket and how much thrust it has. Yep. Okay. And so you want to make sure that your payload is – the payload, the instrument, the satellite you're putting on there yep. is smaller than the capability of the rocket. Of course. So Just to be safe. Right. Yeah. So what ends up happening is if the if there's a lot of extra space or mass available, then yeah. they, launch, they launch ballast, which is basically just hunks of metal or something that go on the spacecraft. And so in about 1999 to 2000, uh, professors at San Luis Obispo, Cal Poly, and Stanford yeah, yeah. came up with this idea. It was like, well, could we just launch smaller satellites <laughs> oh, wow. instead of that ballast? Yes. And the idea there was that if they can come up with a box to put the satellites in, this dispenser, it's basically a jack-in-the-box. Like you, 
It's, right. It's got a spring on. It's got a spring in the inside, and then a door on the other oh my side. Gosh. And the door opens, and a satellite shoots out. Oh my god! <laughs> I always projected genius onto JPL. I mean, like if you were working at Jet Propulsion Labs, you're a genius. Yeah, you are a genius. You're just making Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. <laughs> Space Jack in the Box. Hold on, hold on. Boing. And do they go boing, 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 boing? Well, there's yeah. no sound in space, so oh, denied. <laughs> denied. Comedians get shot down. So it doesn't go boy oy 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 oy. Right. Okay, got right. it. If a yeah. tree falls and no one's around, <laughs> does right. it go boing? Okay. Wow. So you specifically work on these CubeSats and these smaller satellites yeah. in the context of JPL. Yes. Got it. How does one even get to JPL though? Yeah. What does one study to oh, So I What you was know. your path? Yeah. So my my specific path yeah. is I actually wanted to be an astronaut when I was about 8 years old. Amazing. I nice. saw a talk by Katie Coleman who's She's, I guess she's a little taller than I am right now, but based, one of the things she said in this talk, and I'm sure it was full of all sorts of other scientific things, yeah. but maybe the thing I remember yeah. is her saying that in zero gravity, it doesn't matter how big or how strong you are, there's no gravity, so you can move all these heavy things. And I was like, perfect. Perfect. Oh, so, how funny. <laughs> right. Because I'm about five feet tall. Yeah. And mm. I was, I've always been very small for my age. She's like, oh, so great. I can just be an astronaut, and then I can work in zero gravity, and awesome. So, <laughs> the ultimate level playing field. How <laughs> Yeah, yeah so right. but I've always kind of kept that interest in space. Yeah. Like, when I was little, I remember seeing, like, learning from Cassini that Titan had these methane lakes and ice mountains. I just was completely fascinated by that. What is Cassini? Oh, Is that a planet? <laughs> so Cassini is a yeah. mission that was launched <laughs> about 20 years ago, I think, that was, cool. it, it did a tour of Saturn. Cool. And so it flew to Saturn, and it flew by all of the moons. And it's got got these gorgeous pictures. Like basically, any pictures you see in textbooks or on the internet or like in National Geographic of Saturn, of Saturn, most. most likely came from Cassini. Amazing. Yeah, and so that was. And so that is a satellite. That, is, that a, is a rocket. That is a satellite. It was yeah. a giant, a very big, like the size of a bus kind of Whoa. satellite. Whoa! Yeah, huge. Wow. And so, I mean, Saturn's really far away. So, yes. And there's it's it carried a whole bunch of instruments. Like there are. Obviously, the really nice camera. Yep. The there is a magnetometer on there. There are all sorts of other scientific yep. instruments to just figure out what's going on in Saturn's system. Okay. And like, what are the rings made of? And right. What did? How did they form? Great. And where did the moons come from? When, like, let and me they, ask maybe the dumbest question of all time. So we shoot a bus-sized satellite mm-hmm. satellite into space into Saturn's orbit. Yeah. Once it gets into Saturn's orbit, then it just like is sort of then it. The, its own gravitational pull takes over and it circles our bus satellite around the planets? Or do you have a joystick? Yeah. <laughs> you have a joystick? Yeah. So Does it you, go boing? Yeah. So <laughs> you have to do a couple things. So when you <laughs> launch, when you first launch, you have to yeah. first escape Earth's gravity because otherwise you're just going to come right back around. That's right. And so then after you escape Earth's gravity, you're essentially in the sun's orbit because the sun is the then the next orbit. biggest thing that exerts a gravitational pull on wow. you. Wow, got it. And then when it gets close to Saturn, it'll... It'll essentially just kind of keep flying by unless you there are more rockets on board that throw boost, it like yeah boost. that actually yeah. slow it down oh so deboost so a then, headwind yeah sure, sure. so then so then it's in when it gets closer to Saturn now it's slowed down enough so that Saturn kind of picks up got it. Amazing. The orbit of the sun. And the way that we are breaking through these various orbits is just by rockets bursting, like just like speed produced by rockets? Yeah. That's That's it. it. Yeah. It's thrusters. They're different. They're different fuels you use. Right. I mean. Now my. Yeah. uh, Because I don't know these things. And so when you say like this one was the size of a bus, I'm like, oh, that's probably like a big, strong one. Yeah. Big. That's. That's about as big as That's huge. Yeah. Seems like massive. But and so that I'm like again, I don't have a scientific brain, but I would imagine that it's like okay, that rocket's probably big enough to burst through the Earth's orbit, the Sun's orbit, and finally get to Saturn. But you're also sending shoeboxes up there, yeah. And yeah. it's hard for me to understand because I'm imagining the rocket to be the size of a poker chip at that point. <laughs> like, how is something that small so getting get shot off and breaking through all of these orbits? Well, they have the only thing. That size that has actually gone past Earth's orbit is a mission called Marco. Okay, got it. So they don't all go past Earth's orbit. Correct. Okay. Yeah. This is what There's... you were working on recently. Yeah. Marco. Yeah. So JPL is the – so there there are many, many, many more satellites that have gone into low Earth orbit or just any Earth orbit than have gone to interplanetary space. I see. Got it. Okay. Because it is – it is very difficult. It's really hard. You that have the there's a lot of fuel. It's a lot of thrust. It's a 
big rocket to get yeah. it yeah. to get it past Earth's orbit. Right. Okay, yes. that makes sense. So I cut you off though. You were inter- you had all these interests. You want to be an astronaut? You want to? Oh be yeah. An because there's no height and there's no weight. There's no strength. Everything yeah. is even. Yeah. Yeah. So then no gravity. Right. I for- that's I forgot what we were even talking about. That. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted so. In high school, I still kind of had this idea of I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to do these things. So I actually cool. looked up what you what yeah, you need to do right. to be an astronaut. It was right. like basically you need a degree in a math or a science field or some relevant field. Yeah. And then somehow I kind of knew what an engineer was because both my parents were engineers. Oh, but wow. then I was like Googling like in the early ages of Google. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> the, I found out that aerospace engineering was a field that you could study. Cool. And so I looked more into that, and that's kind of the study of both aircraft and spacecraft, Got depending it. on there you go. Yep. where you go. Yep, and so, sure. was, yep. so I looked at colleges that did aerospace Amazing. and decided that, that, like, when I was looking for colleges, like, that's going to be my major. Great. Gonna go into you aerospace knew. engineering. You wanted to, Pretty you early on. to operate in yeah. space. Yeah. Yeah, which is a little weird because I'm not that. I usually don't make decisions that <laughs> right. that well. That but, clearly, yeah. But that was one thing that I always just really wanted to do. Wow. And so in undergrad, I did I did a little bit of kind of project work mm. and worked on missions. There, there was the opportunity to kind of work on things that actually flew even in undergrad. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> with, well, with these CubeSats, because they're so small. Yeah. They were originally developed for an educational Yes. It, as an educational tool. Oh, wow. Not even just for the practical use. It's just like so you can kind of to, learn how these things work. Yeah. Teach it's, students about satellites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Students built satellites so that so that by the time you graduate, you have this really hands-on experience and know firsthand how difficult it is to make something that work tracks. in space. Wow. Sure. Yeah. So, that it's, so that's, that's how it started. And then in the last – it's only in the last decade or so that people have gotten really interested and actually worked on miniaturizing technology and miniaturizing – instruments and sensors so you can actually do real science Incredible. in a shoebox. Right, right. I feel like, isn't that like always the path of technology? It gets smaller and smarter, smaller and smarter, smaller, smaller and, and smarter. smarter. Exactly. And so yeah. they're, they're, and, but space is, you know, usually like a couple decades behind Earth technology because yeah. you have to... what a sentence. <laughs> I know. I love, I've never considered where space and Earth lie space on the... Space tech is a couple of decades behind Earth tech. <laughs> just, they have the iPhone 2 up there. Right. Yeah. No, they don't even, yeah, it's like all... It's still all analog. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I want... I have so many more questions. I want to learn more about the Jet Propulsion Lab and yes. how you got there. We have to go into an act break real quick. Yes. Okay. Here's a question. Yes. There's one song that comes to mind yes. in the act break yes. that almost feels so on the nose. Yes. Do you know the one I'm thinking David of? David Bowie? Oh, wow. The oh. first name is the one that I was going to oh, say. Oh, which one? Tell me. Dave Matthews Band Satellite. Oh, please. But, like, how do you guys feel about that song? Do you, is there is Are you there a Dave a Matthews feeling? Band fan, Amy? I, Are you a... I think I know what song you're talking about. <laughs> Got it. We'll leave it at that. Do you want to play that song? I think that we probably should. I mean, we're... Let's the... do it. Satellite? Please. Okay, so we'll be right back with Anne. This is Dave Matthews Band <laughs> singing about satellites. Great. Satellite in my eyes Like a diamond in the sky How I wonder Satellite strong from the moon And the world your balloon Keeping time for the mother station Winter school Spring racing
welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. That was Dave Matthews Band Satellite. Right. We're here with Dr. Ann Marinan talking about satellites right. and outer space in general. Right. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics to that song per se. No. But I doubt that it's as informed as the conversation <laughs> we're having right now. I feel now. like Dave is using satellite as a metaphor, whereas you, Annie, we're talking about the real, actual, literal satellites. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. So you now have these interests in the timeline of your life related to this topic, and you now have these interests, and you realize that you want to be uh, work in aerospace engineering, perhaps, yep. or at least mm-hmm. study it. Yep. Um, what school do you go to, and like, what is the right place for that? Oh gosh. Um. Well, I went to the University of Michigan. Okay. They're go blue. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are for undergrad anyway, and then I went to MIT for grad school. Mm-hmm. Okay. This little school in Massachusetts. The, yeah. Yeah. People um, have the, that's right. Yeah. The but there there are schools all across the country, all across the world that do aerospace aerospace engineering. Yeah. A lot of times, it's not one of the it's not one of the more common types of engineering that I think I think like chemical and mechanical and electrical yeah. are kind of the ones you would find in many mm. many places. Right. Aerospace. A lot of times, it's in some places, it's kind of like a subset of mechanical engineering. Got it. So there are a few, but there are a few places that have dedicated aerospace programs, and some places that even split it up and do aeronautical and astronautical engineering. Wow! Please tell me the difference between aeronautics and astronautics. Aeronautics what? is anything air breathing, anything inside the atmosphere. Astronautics is once you go into space. Got it. Okay. There you yeah. go. Well explained. <laughs> a quick, quick lesson. Well explained. That's why we're here. Quick lesson. I wonder if Dave Matthews gets into that, the difference in, right. uh, in his lyrical content. Yeah. Uh, so now you're studying these things, and these things are mm-hmm. happening. I might be wrong, but was there a time where NASA uh, started to get less funding, or something started happening where our, the country's relationship to rockets started to uh, get pushed back oh, recently, or something? Like, like maybe. Oh, is yeah. that recent? Maybe so. I'm not sure. Am I wrong in yeah. saying that? Um. Well, there's been a lot of commercial – there are a lot of commercial companies that now build rockets and yeah. are very successful at it, like SpaceX. Right. The NASA is working on a very big rocket called the Space Launch System. It's SLS. It's called SLS. It's basically – I think of it as like the next generation Saturn V. But there's – Sure. Yeah, but I know what that means. I I know Uh, that almost goes without saying. (laughs) (laughs) So so Saturn V is the rocket that was used to bring astronauts to the moon in the 60s. Amazing. Yeah, cool. We basically haven't had that launch capability since then. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm thinking. Has NASA sent people? Is NASA still sending people to space frequently? NASA is. NASA is sending astronauts to space via Russian launch vehicles to the International Space Station. Nice Got answer, it. dude. Got it. Like, big <laughs> words galore. Where is the International Space Station? The International Space Station is a – oh, I'm going to use all metric units, and I apologize in advance. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Please. So you're going to have to – if you're listening, you're going to have to Google this. We'll convert this you in can, real time. You can yeah. do the conversion. Yeah. Yeah. So the International Space Station is about 400 kilometers above Earth right now. Okay. Mm. And okay. people are there eating, walking around, What's it studying. Like there? It's there's a lot of there's not a whole lot of gravity out there. There yeah. there are I think at any given time kind of between three and six people up on the International Fun. Space Station okay. doing a lot of science experiments. There's I think they grew lettuce for the first Great. time very re- fairly Finally. recently. Romaine. <laughs> Do you know what exactly? Uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it into a wedge salad. Do you know how they used this lettuce? You know they I know they ate it. it. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. The, desired intent, I, right? Is, yeah, that, I mean that is the desired intent because if you want to do a long duration space mission, can you actually grow food? Right. Yeah. What else is weird about zero gravity? Yeah. And they've done a couple of kind of long duration human. Yeah. What is uh, a long duration? How long would that span? Uh, so there was one. So there are two astronauts that are actually twins. Cool. Um, and one of them, so Scott and Mark Kelly. So Scott Kelly, I think it was Scott that was on the Inter- International Space Station for about a year, a year. Mm. while his brother was on the ground. Mm. And so they did, they kind of, they used those twins as a first experiment to see Whoa. like, well, what, what's actually different when you come back from zero gravity? And then someone- And like, oh. like investing, or like researching like their cellular, like what happens yeah. to their cells like almost? Cell- like biological? cellular, physiological. Whoa. Yeah. What? What does happen? <laughs> uh, was well, Mark way different? Or like, did he come back different? I don't or think is... he was that. Yeah. There was, I think I've, it's been a while since I read that article. Yeah. But I think it was, there are a couple of differences and there are things that wow. people are, cons- 
a little bit concerned about like eyesight and like overall muscular health. Yeah. Mm. So the astronauts actually have to ex- exercise significantly more than most people because there's no gravity to kind of work against. Interesting. And so oh, if you don't actively keep them right. up, your muscles will actually start to atrophy. Right. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, so we're talking about the Kelly boys now, and they've been up, <laughs> they've been up in space. As they're known in the space community. You, you also mentioned that uh, at one point you wanted to be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. In a lot of like professional fields, there's also some like political like political stuff that like allows you to become a professional. This like you have this sort of lineage. Is it really just what you study, and if you're top of your class, you can become an astronaut? How does one actually go from studying the things that you've studied to then become? An astronaut. Yes. It feels like there's only so many astronauts. There are, yeah. So there's a whole application process. I mean, early, early on, it used to be just kind of, you had to be military and that's kind of how you had to do it. Lately, it's, it's relaxed a little bit, Mm -hmm. the, but it's still very rigorous. The, the application process, it basically goes down from like 10,000 applicants to seven people. Amazing. Yeah. And what do those seven people possess? Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it a combination of it is both? Co- it is most definitely a combination of both. Is it both. like a fighter there's... pilot thing where you like need 20-20 vision? Or is it like that um, kind of a <laughs> – I, I don't think it's quite that. Yeah. But there's a lot of – there's both physical and kind of survival and also there's definitely a psychological and mental oh, you have part to of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because there's always – I mean when – like space is very difficult and – Anytime you go up in a rocket, like you're essentially strapped on top of an explosive device. It's a Literally. controlled explosion, yes. but it's very dangerous. Oh and there's always the possibility that something will go wrong. Of and course. so there's part of the application process and the interview process and that whole thing is this mental evaluation. From a standpoint of like, don't panic? Do you have or- nerves of steel? Yeah, well, is that what it is? Of, so, I mean, some of it is don't panic. Some of it all is also like how, you, how well you get along with other people. And yeah. like anytime... When you have just a small number of people yeah. in an astronaut corps, you want to make sure they all work together really well. So a lot of it is, I, I mean, I've never actually personally been through it. Sure, so yeah. sure, right, right. Not right. only is it like a science, uh, like a space experiment, it also is like a sociological mm-hmm. experiment right. in a way of like these six people are going to be on a space station for a year together with no gravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but How you also, you get along? yeah, but physical, I mean, physical health is also very important because you're up without a doctor. Like you can't go to right. Yeah, you can't no, go to the dentist. There. Yeah, of course. For... Is uh, like, are, is there a dot? Like, did they send somebody up there to the space station? Let's say or on these missions, who can like do CPR or a oh, comedian yeah, they... who's like on like an interplanetary yeah, tour, all... like podcasters that go up to space. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> that the um, I mean, yeah. All so all the astronauts are they're trained in like basic medical yeah, right. kinds of things. And if there's something seriously wrong, if they detect it on the ground, they probably wouldn't send them to space. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, right. there's there's constant communication with the ground. Yes. So it's, it's not like they're completely isolated. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are at MIT and you're studying mm-hmm. aerospace or aeronautics. Aer- aerospace. Aerospace. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, it was both of them. And, and GPL, which is here in Pasadena now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and is that like, is that in many ways like the destination if you are studying aerospace? Is that like one of the places? It's definitely, so LA has a very large aerospace contingent. Yeah. Hmm. So there's, like Raytheon's out here, SpaceX right. is out here, Boeing's yep. out here. Yep. There's a, I know I'm missing some, and please don't get offended. But there's a, there's several. Why there's do you a, think? Why do you think this is the hub for that? Do you think that there's well, a there's a launch site fairly close to oh, here. Okay. So a lot of, I mean, I grew up in Michigan. Aerospace is mostly it's around the coasts. Right? Oh, yeah, because Cape Canaveral, I feel like, was the one that I grew up with on the East Coast. Where Florida. Like, this is where rockets get shot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's there's Canaveral, there's Kennedy in Houston. Or yep. sorry, no, Kennedy is Florida. Johnson is in Houston. Got it. Mm-hmm. There's also a launch site in Virginia called Wallops. Wow. And then there's a launch site over here in So we're shooting Vandenberg. things from all over the country. Yeah, but I mostly over water. Just had it hold down. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I yes. mean launches you want to go over water just in case, you know, something happens. Yep. Right. Yep, yep. Don't land on the local movie theater. Yep, yeah. you want to land right. on the mall. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right, right, yeah. Right, so right. coasts are pretty much if you wanted I mean, there's a lot of research, and there are, there are actually 10 NASA centers around the country, oh, wow. and mm-hmm. some of them are more inland. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. there's one in Ohio. Great. So, but a lot of, it's more like the research and the yeah. scientific development that happens at those sites. Right. And if you want to, anything that launches will launch from a coast, so I think that's mostly where yep. aerospace companies have kind of gravitated. Yep, sure. So, how, when you first got to GPL, what was that like? Uh, I mean, you were mentioning off mic, it's like, it's a little intimidating. Everyone's sort of a genius scientist. It's oh, like, yeah. Every- you, what is the culture at GPL like? What is the vibe? It's surprisingly <laughs> casual. Really? Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, they're, 
you have people walking around in jeans and sure. yeah. button-down shirts who are world experts yeah. in gravity. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy yeah. to hear that yeah. because there shouldn't be any sort of like filter of like the business world, quote unquote, on the scientists. Let mm-hmm. the scientists be the brains. They yeah. don't have to wear suits and ties or like business casual clothing. Yes. Like we just want you guys to be smart and keep us safe. Yes. Yeah, and it's a very collaborative environment. It's a very – like everyone kind of understands that there are areas that they know very well, but they also realize that there are areas that they don't know very well. Yes. And so there's, there's, I mean, you get interesting people everywhere, but the, this is, it's really cool to see all these people come together and actually they care very much about what is going on. Like yeah. it's, if it's not very competitive because everyone, everyone wants all these projects to succeed. Right. That's lovely to hear. Yeah. This and so project oriented. There's no, there shouldn't be ego involved yeah. with this. Right? And so if, if you know something that will help out a project, like anytime Contribute. you have a question, there's people are more than willing to answer and offer their expertise. And yes. it's amazing because right. I can, you can learn from the most yeah. brilliant people. Right. It's amazing that you still have that. I mean, do you feel like the more you learn about space, the more, I mean, do you still feel you sort of know. in awe of it? Like, are you oh, still yeah. in awe by the, by the majesty and the massiveness and the mystery that is space and the galaxies? Yeah. Like yeah. every, every mission discovers something completely yeah. new. Mm, right. Like, it's not like, oh yeah, we've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's right. like, oh, we saw this new thing that didn't match any of our models and we now yeah. want to know why. So yes. Oh, yeah. that's nice. To yeah. be inspired mm-hmm. by what you're studying at all times. Oh, yeah. That's yes. so cool. It is very cool. Now, the thing that you were working on recently, I know I'm going to get this wrong, but it, the, the Marco was the thing that was kind of most recent? Yeah. Because And this was like back maybe just before the new year? It the, was, yeah, it happened, the main event happened yes. in November. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And can you walk us through, because that was something that you were working on for a long time and it was finally culminating in November. It yeah, was so, like, this, so I had actually only been working on about for about a year. Yeah. So this with these small missions, there's they typically have a development life of like maybe two to three years, which wow. is much different. So using Cassini as an example again, yep. like that was decades in wow. the making. Jeez. Which is so yeah, people's people have entire careers based on one mission. <sighs> wow. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Right, right. Yeah. With these small things you can do a lot more of them yeah. fairly quickly. And the yeah. So when I joined, I only joined JPL about two and a half years ago. Cool. And so about a year after I joined, I was put on the Marco team or I joined the Marco team. And that was, they had, so the Marco f- launched with a mission called Insight okay. that landed on Mars the Monday after Thanksgiving. Wow. Mars Monday. We all like it. to travel Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good time to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. I get that. Yeah, so it launched in May of 2018, landed on Mars November of 2018. Wow. Yeah, it's a fairly... It takes six months to get to Mars. Yeah, wow, if you traffic. launch at the right time. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Traffic is busy. Yeah, yeah it's holiday right. season. Yeah, it's all just... the college kids are home from yeah, school. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so the six months you're tracking it, you're going into work every day, and you're sort of keeping track of Marco. Mm-hmm. It's on its way. You have an et- you know exactly when you launch it, you know exactly when it's going to arrive. Yeah. Obviously. It's, yeah, yeah. Like these some more genius people that yeah. work at JPL are the navigators. Yeah. And so in space, like there's no GPS. Right. You can't, right. there's no cell towers. You have to, people are, they've come up with these incredible ways of actually figuring out where the satellites are yeah. in orbit. And they, they use stars to map. Sure. It's actually, it's a lot like sailors, you know, before GPS. Right. We look exactly. at the star to figure out, <laughs> look at the stars to figure out how you're oriented, where you're going. And then they actually use radio signals to figure out how far away it is. Incredible. You know, that, 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 uh, that's mind blowing. <laughs> I was wondering about this. Is there Wi-Fi in space? No. There's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> there because are... it seems like you're closer to the satellites. When I sit closer to my router, my computer moves faster. Is it like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, correct. So there is satellite internet. And so okay. th- there really? are a lot of satellites around, like, do you know the, so how airplanes now have Wi-Fi? Yes. That's, I'm pretty sure that's from satellites. So yeah. the, the, I mean, satellites, GPS, DirecTV, like there are all these big commercial satellites yes. in orbit around Earth that right. are actually providing a lot of that okay. coverage. Yes. Okay, Incredible. got it. So yeah, in the but, event I get shot up into outer space, like I should just prepare not to be able to stream on my devices. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Download a couple in advance. Download the podcast Good beforehand. practical advice. Good mode. practical advice. Yes, exactly. Yeah, when you don't, go... bring a book. Yeah, bring a book. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably just going to ride out with the same Netflix movie. <laughs> just kidding. Um, we're going to go into our second act break. Yes. Our second act break. Yes. Adam, what are we talking about now? What song comes to mind? What song comes to mind? And let me ask you this. Is there, when Marco finally landed and it was like mm. a celebratory thing, was there like a song? Do you guys play music around the office? Is there Do you pop champagne and play a song? Yeah, exactly. 
Actually, yes. So the <gasps> fun story about Marco, all of the software releases had songs associated with them. Great. The very last one was, I believe, Under the Milky Way. Under the Milky Way. Do you know who sings that song? Nope. Okay. That's fine. Well, Good we're going to go find Good it. Good answer. We're going to go find Under that song. Under the Milky Way by Nope. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please enjoy Nope. We'll be right back. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of the breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination Under the Milky Way tonight Lower the curtain down down on right I got no time for private consultation under the Milky Way tonight Wish I knew what you were looking for Might have known what you would find
Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. That was the band The Church with mm. the song Under the Milky Way. Right. And Andy was saying that the geniuses at JPL associated the satellites with certain one-hit wonders. Named yeah. them after one-hit wonders. Yeah, yes. named all the different software updates that went up there. So I have to assume that uh, software update was called Macarena? Macarena. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Chumbawamba? The ketchup yeah, yeah. song? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> There's many one-hit wonders out there. Yeah. Anna's yeah. crawling under the couch. She's yeah. like, this is not the conversation I was expecting to have. This Incredible. is outside my area of expertise. Uh, but let me ask you this. Do you have personal feelings about like the privatization of space travel and like companies like SpaceX and like space exploration outside of NASA? Do you think, do you... Virgin Galactic? Was that a thing for a second? Oh, yes, it's yes. It's still a thing. Okay. It is still a thing? Okay, right Richard on. Branson's on that. Yeah, cool. I, know, I, uh, I actually think it's awesome. <laughs> you think it's awesome? Great. Yeah, because it's, I mean, NASA, it's a, it's a government organization. I think the, the way JPL works, and I think is really cool, is that we do a lot of, we try to come up with things that no one has done before. Right. And then one of the things that JPL tries to do is when we develop new technology or new instruments to do these new things that people right. have thought up, the idea is then to license that and kind of send it out to the public so yep. that anyone can do it and commercialize it and yes. build many, many more of these things. And then JPL kind of moves on to the next cool thing. Yeah, yes. that is very You're cool. You're not precious mm-hmm. with the intellectual property of it. They are not so proprietary. It's like we're all human. This is the human race. This is information that we humans should have access to and be able to go to space on our own. Right. Mm-hmm. Will I be able to one day buy a Marco spacecraft at a mall? <laughs> uh, maybe wow. not that. <laughs> wow, that's a good question. That is drones, a great question. Drones yeah, are now affordable. Yeah, like could I? That's true. Yeah, is it's ever almost be like, like the drones. The CubeSats are almost like the drones of space. Are they? Oh my yeah. god, we're going to space. <laughs> yeah, like, it's very like it's a lot more cavalier. You can do a lot more risky things because compared with the cost of something the size of a bus, right? Yeah, course. exactly. These are actually much cheaper. Right, exactly. Um, yes. I have a question. We've been zigging and zagging a lot, and I really appreciate appreciate how you're just game to answer our inane questions. Thank you. This one has I never really understood it and I don't think anyone properly does. Okay. Is space really infinite? Infinite? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Again, you could be like, "Billy, I don't know. I don't know. That's not my job." But how the hell? It is. I've never that, that's like on. a mind-blowing concept. Like, I know. We're not trained to understand infinity when it comes to space. It, it feels like yeah. everything has a finite amount of space. It goes on forever in all but directions. But how does something go on forever? Doesn't <laughs> it have to be finite? This is like the fundamental question, I guess. Yeah, this is one like, Yeah. Because somehow people have determined that the universe is expanding. Yeah. Which is also a kind of... I, so I'm not actually going to answer your question. I'm just going to continue on this. Please, please <laughs> exactly. Because... One of the things that is, and one of my friends actually was the first person to say this to me, and I just kind of blew my mind. It's like, well, what is it expanding into? That's what yeah. I'm saying. What's yeah. the container that's allowing it to expand further? Yes. Is yeah. So I mean, and it's really big. Like I can't even fathom. Like that's the understatement Same. of the century. It's Same. so big. Same. But like this doesn't come up at lunch at JPL where it's like, hey guys, have you ever considered that like this is infinite? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it. Does anyone have to study that? I feel like we People like do study that, and so yeah. yeah, one of like one of the missions that was just recently selected to look for it, or sorry, that JPL was recently selected to do is a mission called SphereX, and the idea is to do this like global survey of the sky and try to get kind of information about the Big Bang. Okay, yeah, and so they're like, and it still kind of blows my mind that you can use a telescope right. to look. It's to essentially like look back in time. That's time. exactly it's it. a time machine. Yeah, just because of how long it takes light to travel Jesus. across the mm. universe, which yeah. is just that that itself is just mind boggling. Yeah, it yeah. really, really is. That that could become scientific. Yeah, that you it's can incredible. Like, see history through it. So no, none of us in the room. Adam, do, can you explain the uh, the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy. You oh, know, I, I realize oh, that I've been addressing uh, yeah. all of my questions yeah. here, but I should probably be also asking you. Infinite space. It, it's it. When I think about it for more than five seconds, I feel almost dizzy. Mm. I feel dizzy when I think about the nature of infinity right. and, and yeah, the nature of endlessness. I like, get a little the question woozy. of like what was first? <laughs> like what was? Is that firmly established? Like how did space come here? Yeah. <laughs> How did space come here? How did space get here to what Earth? Was, what, did we, what did it all look like the day before space arrived? <laughs> like the day before. And then it was space. I don't think there was a day before. No, I but think what, space. What, how? I exactly, Doesn't everything have a beginning and end? I don't end? think so. What do you mean you don't think so? Doesn't everything have to have a beginning? At know, least a birth? I don't a know. A creation? I think it's just arrows going in all directions forever. Hmm. Whose uh, who's industry, whose department is it to ask these questions? Is this like is philosophers? Is there an address you can give us? Is this <laughs> scientists? Uh, 
But really, is there a department? Is there someone whose like job it is? And maybe it's not JPL, but is there like who would you guess has to ponder these big life questions? Is this like religious leaders who does this? I would hope that it's. I mean, to me, I don't know. I, mean, I think. I think it's a. I think it's sort of. I. I put my. Uh, I put my trust in the scientific community. Right. Same. Certainly, right. in terms of telling us how the hell anything got here. How, right. What is what is going on? You know what? I'll Google it. I'm yeah. sure I'll get the right answer yes, upon exactly. first. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Mars for a second. Okay. Um, what do you think? You know, the third act of the Nojo podcast, we like to talk about sort of the future of these topics. Mm-hmm. And what do you think? It's 2019 now. I'm checking my watch. Mm. And do you think that there is a potential reality where human beings are habitating? Can we habit? Habitate Mars in our lifetime? What do you think the timeline of that is? Yeah, when's a Trader Joe's going to Mars? When's the first Trader Joe's going to open on Mars? <laughs> yeah, or oh, it'll be a Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that I don't. I, so so I, I know there was a report recently on, like, there's this, there was a plan at one time to send humans to Mars by 2033. Yeah. 2033? Was a, yeah, there was a report that kind of said that with the current level of funding, the current the current plan, they did not think that was possible. So something would have to change in order to make mm-hmm. that possible. Mm-hmm. I think it is – it is – I think it can definitely be technically possible if – like for for a long enough time and with, a, with enough support mm-hmm. and collaboration mm-hmm. between whoever needs to be part of it. Right. But that would have to be in my – please finish your thought. Like it, it can't just be one entity that does it. Like you really need – it's not going to be just space. You almost right, need a global yeah. kind of effort, effort to do it. Right. I, I would, I would say, but yeah. like, not being an expert in yes, that specific yes. topic. But we don't have to wear on Earth like um, helmets to walk around, right. and we don't float off the ground. Like, would those rules apply to Mars? Would there still need? Would we have to put a big bubble over the planet in you order would, for us to live there? You would have to at least like the first people there would have. There would have to be some kind of habitat or infrastructure in place because otherwise you're just wearing a spacesuit all day. Right. You're just wearing a spacesuit all day. Yeah. There, yeah. Have, there are these kind of pie-in-the-sky ideas about, oh, you could terraform Mars, but you're talking like centuries. And what does even terraforming require? It's basically... Oh, uh, God. Like it's, planting seeds everywhere? Or? Um, no. First, you have to make the atmosphere actually conducive to that. So it's... What do you do? A vacuum? Do you like... Oh, vacuum? Suck, <laughs> out, vac- suck out the bad guys? I think there's a lot of like... Somehow you have to warm up the planet somehow you oh. have to make the like i'm not even sure how That's you would fine. do it but sure, yeah sure, there's yeah. yes there's steps involved yeah to make there's it a hospitable. board game called terraforming mars oh that's probably really? pretty accurate really? yeah there actually is have you played I have. <laughs> how did you do how did you do in the game oh yeah we terraform mars every time <laughs> it's actually really easy actually you just roll simple. a three it takes about 90 minutes yeah you should roll yeah. a three and the, the planet works yeah <laughs> buddy that's yeah. amazing would you ever would you want if if it was possible, and by 2033, we're sending people to Mars. Would you want to go? <laughs> oh, that's a real. Um, <laughs> if the opportunity presented itself, yeah. and we're like, "Oh yeah, you're totally going." Yeah, I would probably not say no. But yeah, <laughs> but it's it's. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I love There's how a, serious you're taking yeah, really. this. I know. Well, I think it's I real. I'm thinking about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not actually sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a long like. It takes a. It takes. It took the Insight lander six months to get there. In six time. months of travel. Six months of travel. Yeah, traveling. You can, okay. You can send a robot. So that, basically, everything we send to space is a robot. Right. Robots are not people, so they don't have like you don't need to keep them physically alive. Yes. So you can send them much faster. Yes. They can undergo oh. much faster acceleration. So mm. it actually would take humans longer to wow. get there. Just wow. to keep us alive in the pro- in the process. Got yeah. Literally travel safe. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's. So it would be a longer trip there. Yep. It's you can't even see Earth. Mm. Like it's, yeah, it's just the, like oh a God. dot in the sky. So that's, there's if you kind of get into the phys- feel, yeah, <laughs> the psychological there. kind of thing. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna toss that question over to Adam. Yes. Adam, let's say that ten years have passed. You've gotten some life milestones out of your way, Great. and now it's time. You're like, you know what? I've done a lot of the things that I was hoping to do in this Earth-bound life on this planet. Uh, the opportunity presents itself. Where trusted people, and let's say you even get to bring a friend. Great. Say you can go to space for your own desired amount of time. Fun. A week, a year, a life, whatever you want. Fun. There'll be things up there to keep you alive for the most part, but also loneliness and all those other Look, things will arise. there's a Trader Joe's. It's up there. There is that one Trader <laughs> Joe's. There's the one. And they do a surprisingly good job of restocking. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Coffee would you go to space? Such a good question. I, I, I feel like I... Whoo, a true opportunity of a lifetime. 
to go to space to live or to You go have to... a one-week window. You have a one-year window. These are faster rockets that won't take six months of travel. Let's say it takes 36 hours, so longer than any Earth-bound flight. Yep, yep. For, but let's say it takes a day and a half to get there. If it were, to, if it were safe and if it were, like, in the, if it were like commonly done— Let's and... say it's 90 Nine percent, ninety-nine percent. There's always that one. There's really always guarantee. that one percent. Yeah, but I think, I think I would be bold. I like to think I would be bold enough to explore. I don't believe you. I, <laughs> I don't believe I can you. Really climb a ladder at all? Fear yeah. at all? No, I, don't, I mean, I don't believe me either. But really, like, are you? Does the does inside Adam? Does your internal wants and needs, or not even needs, wants, is one of them to be like, I want that? Not really. I want to go to outer space. Not really. I want to know that people are. I want to know. Mm. I want to know that we, mm. the human community, can do it. Got that it. would re- that would be almost as inspirational to me as like. I don't feel like I need the visceral, three dimensional, right. actual bodily, corporeal experience of flying out of the atmosphere and looking down on Earth right. and going around in space. But I would love to watch a live stream. Yeah, I would love to watch the live stream. I watched a Red Bull live stream of a guy jumping off of something and landing. Was on it amazing? Earth. Did you see that? No. Are you aware of that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy yeah. who jumped. Yeah. <laughs> How do you jump? There's, I mean, the one that, like, the highest ever... Free fall? Free fall but was, he, that, was that technically outer space? I, th- I think he could... Act, I think he was high enough that you could kind of see the black... Right. Cr- like... Sky, it's not sky, but you could, but, like, yeah. you could kind of almost it above felt like the atmosphere. Space. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's... If you type in Red Bull Big Jump, Red Bull Big Jump. on YouTube... Again, this is the level of science that we <laughs> operate on. If you type in Red Bull Big Jump I'm on not YouTube. even saying... Yeah, YouTube is probably your best bet. <laughs> yeah. You might see a Big Jump sponsored by Red Great. And that is the science I, I can know. provide. What about you, Bill? Are you going to space... It's a 36-hour trip. You got a week to kill. I am not. No, we I am not. not. We are I flew not to Israel, and it was a 16-hour one-way flight, and I was like, I'm good on this. <laughs> like, this is too long for me. Yeah. Like, it's just too long to be in the air. It's the travel that is what's intimidating. Yeah. It's not this actual space ex- exploration. I also travel. wonder, just like, you know, it's the type of thing where once you're up there, now what? You know, if I don't have a Bring mission, a a if book. I don't have a particular mission, uh, what am I doing up here? Yeah. Why did I do this? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Mars has a really great Trader Joe's, but I mean, so does Silver Lake. And I guess that's the thing. It's like with this, like with the Virgin Galactics and with the SpaceX's, it's like, what is the what is the end game for like pro- the privatization of space travel? Is it just literally like tourism? Experience? Yeah. I think, that, I mean, uh-huh. that's definitely part of it. Yeah. Because, I mean... Just being in orbit, like even I think, I think is it Virgin Galactic that's that they want to do a. I mean, it's still going to be expensive, but like you can right. buy a ride and kind of be in suborbital flight that's right. for a certain amount of time. It's kind like, of like experience an the weightlessness and right. kind of see the Earth from that perspective. Right. I believe the. I mean, I don't remember who it is, but someone kind of. They, for the first. SpaceX launch that's yeah. supposed to go around the moon, the idea was to put a whole bunch of artists on it to kind mm. of as a source of inspiration to kind cool. of get this completely different perspective mm. going around the moon and then coming back. That's cool. clever. So I think there is I think a lot of it is experience yeah. driven and kind of giving everyone this access the expe- or the access to that. Yeah. Or anyone who can pay for it. The access. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're rounding out this episode now, and based on what you just said, I had an idea. Please. Uh, we have to take a few weeks off after this episode, uh, summer hiatus for mm-hmm. a quick minute. Mm-hmm. Maybe in that time, the listeners of No Joke can start a Kickstarter to get me and Adam two seats on this round-the-moon plane. Get us. You said artists need to go to outer space. Sketch comedians and podcasters <laughs> what do you for say? inspiration. Let's set the goal at, I don't know, 600 bucks? 600 bucks. I'm sure it doesn't <laughs> cost more than that. That should do so it. So if 600 of you can all contribute one dollar. Throw in a dollar. In the month we are off. We it, would love to take that 600 bucks and put it towards our space fund. Right. Yes. Because we'll be back in July. Yes. And we'd love to come with the news that, by the way, <laughs> we're going around the moon. <laughs> exactly. We're going around the moon. We're going around that moon. Um, sadly, we have to wrap up this episode now. And this is We've such hit a the one-hour peak. Thank you, for, thank you for bringing it down to our level. Yeah. <laughs> great patience. Yes. Great patience with two dodos. We really appreciate oh, it. this is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that you'd like to promote or anything you'd like to share at, at – at all, or are you kind of just here to chat? What are the next thing that you're working on is? Are you working on uh, – is there a project post-Marco? There is. Well, yeah. yeah. So we're actually sending more of these shoebox things Great. outside of Earth's orbit. So this space launch system that I talked yeah. about, yeah. the first launch will have 13 wow. lucky <laughs> – Good <laughs> they, number. They're called the lucky 13. Wow. I bet they are. Somewhat ironically. The, yeah. yeah. So they're sending 13 of these CubeSats to what we consider deep space, which cool. is just past Earth. And so that – 
When, is that, when does that occur? Uh, earliest possible is going to be mid-2020. Okay. Probably will be a little later than that. Okay. okay. Set your calendars. Yeah. Do the 13 have names? Do they each have individual they names? They do each have indiv- individual names. Do you remember them? or do, do I you know, know four of them. <laughs> what, are they, what are they named? There's a Nia Scout. It's near-Earth near Asteroid Scout. There's okay. Lunar Flashlight, BioSentinel, right. Luna Map. Uh, These sound like kids' Achilles. names on the east side of Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> There's Omotenashi. Oh, great. And there's several that I'm forgetting. Amazing. <laughs> well, in Lunar Ice Cube. When, yeah. Ooh, we like mm, that. Cool. I feel like that's a drink that you'd find at some hipster bar. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Probably. Uh, well, mid-2020, if you haven't had enough of us yet, you're more than welcome you to come back, come back. And we could talk oh, about the 13 shoeboxes <laughs> and uh, catch up on that front. Yes. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Well, thank you again for thank talking you. about space on the No Joke so Podcast. So much, Anne Marin, and Thank you very, very much. Okay, thank you, guys. Yes. This was a lot of fun. For the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. Once again, thank you to Anne, and we will talk to you in just a few weeks. Thank you so much. That was a headgum podcast.